Hello and welcome to The Big Rooski episode 39. 39, you guys. Can you believe it? Nearly 40. That's basic math. Well, 40 is the new 30 now, isn't it? So this is the new 29. So are we going <laughs> mad? Like, like Going mad but but like next week next week when we but celebrate distinguished our mad, like we've we've lived oh yeah like 40. you go mad but you still wear like nice shoes got plenty of film years on us in oh that yeah sense. oh yeah i know dog years are seven so film years are i don't have a joke for this. whatever made me age <laughs> the way i have and look so disheveled that's I, what film years do i you. think you look great but we do look better ah, on podcasts that's true in real life uh that is my lovely co-host paul moore and we are joined this week by Olivia from Daily Break UK. How are you, Olivia? I'm good. How you doing, guys? We are really good. Really happy to have you here because we are again an onless debacle. Does again, you said this last week. I have <laughs> no idea who this fella is. Every week I miss him more and more, who? and you miss him less and less. I, I'm, it's just like a is he even memory. still with us? Is he? Is he just like he's here in spirit? Like sometimes when when I'm here alone, he kind of poltergeists the podcast studio. Yeah. Um, which Seems is, like his cup of tea. Like that's exactly what he would do. Yeah, he's cruel that way. The ghost of Owen is cruel that way. We need to get Ghostbusters <laughs> or, or own Busters or something to just remove Owen any Busters semblance he has with this show. A show on Bravo that I would watch when hungover. Yeah, own Busters <laughs> <laughs> on a Sunday uh, at noon. <laughs> absolutely. Like, oh, what's on? That's fine. Uh, okay, so this week we have a pretty jammer show, you guys, because we have two of Ireland's brightest young Irish stars, Mo Dunford and Sarah Green, talking about their new film. Rosie uh, we will also be reviewing what feels like I don't know conservatively a thousand new films that yeah, are out and this weekend no, and what's wrong with that we got nothing, loads of new films out nothing we also have uh, for, for our first a guest is going to bring a high clue as for the competition for the I would have preferred sweets or something to be brought, I will you know? also like or whoever our next guest is maybe it's you again Olivia but whoever our next guest is I appreciate high clues but I do appreciate sweets more. or booze okay. booze Booze. Big fan. It's yeah. uh well, shots. I, I actually did not hear booze when you said <laughs> that first. <laughs> Neither did I, and I was like, please say booze. <laughs> please just emphasize the Z. Really bad reputation in the show, don't you? Yes, but it's well earned. True. So this week's big question goes to Paul. It is. What have you got for us? It's about booze. Okay. It's not. Booze. <laughs> um, one of the films we'll be talking about a bit later uh, is made by a director whose feature debut, uh, The Raid, uh, it's Gareth Evans and Apostle, we'll be reviewing that later, mm-hmm. made uh, one of my favourite films of the last decade. And this rarely happens because, first of all, we're film fans, but obviously if you go in, we're like critics and you have to be stuffy and like, you know, you can't applaud and all that stuff. Sure. But that f- there's a particular sequence and it was so good that mid-film, I actually applauded and I seldom do that. Even at the end, I rarely applaud and whoop and holler and stuff. Sure. But I was wondering, was there any particular moment in a film that you just just completely lost in just like applauding like a seal? Uh, yes, there was. There's been a few actually. Um, Remember, we're not allowed to have the same one. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> and that's actually why I, ste- I steered clear of my good instincts uh, initially was because I thought it might be the same one you picked. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a scene from a musical not that musical. Oh, okay. <laughs> not Mamma Mia 2. Yeah, I basically uh, text him being like, we can't both say Cher's arrival into Mamma Mia 2. Yeah, which is why I just, <laughs> I, I gave uh, the musical genre an entire uh, miss. So instead, um, I went with this. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. <laughs> I I lost it when that happened because um, it was such a it was so perfectly undercutting like Loki's about to like break into a massive evil monologue and the Hulk is like no and just smashes no him into is. the ground yeah. so uh, and that's I know it was close to the end of the film but that's when I was like oh they did a really clever decision putting Joss Whedon on the Avengers mm. assemble because uh it just took away from every moment where you're like, this is what will happen next in the superhero film. It's like, no. And it's just... 
plough him into the ground. Mm-hmm. And they kind of nailed the heart character the Hulk because they actually realised, you know what, he's actually a good comedy character for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't need to go the dramatic... Uh, Ed Norton uh, Ang Lee and, uh, Ed Nor- and Ed Norton yeah. route. Like, just make him, like, smash shit. Yeah, because they also have the bit with uh, with Thor as well where he's just like, they're after, like, taking out a load of them and then he's just sort of like, boom, gone. <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. But just because, because he's, like, he's the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. He's like and a, I think that scene was like, it's like with you, Ragnarok, it's just like, I'm gonna, he actually is a perfect comedic foil mm. and just have him in the hot tub. That's always going to be fun. Hulk in, a, <laughs> Hulk in a hot tub is never not funny. But that's a great show. Really good moments. Yep. Olivia. Hilariously, that was one of the ones that I had picked and I changed my mind this morning. So did you pick a musical instead? I didn't, because again, thought that you were going to sure. go for a musical. <laughs> Understood. Great minds. Um, I, uh, I, I'm almost doing an Owen, but I'm going to be good and I'm only going to pick one. Um, Jack Sparrow's entrance in Pirates of the Caribbean oh, one. Good. Because it's literally a case of you sort of in, you're introduced to him and he's just like, oh, I've got a hole in my boat and he's like trying to get it out. And then next thing you know, it's just like you just sort of see him coming in. And as the boat is coming into the dock, he is just up on the top of the mast and just steps onto that. It's just so smooth and seamless. It's one of the most perfect like character entrances yeah. to set the scene, set the tone that I've ever seen. And I was just like, yes, I am on board with this. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a perfect uh, shorthand for who he is. He's like, oh, he's got bad luck but also perfectly timed good yeah. luck when he he's also it. like shit at his job but a brilliant improviser as well to kind yeah, of just yeah. time it perfectly he makes do with what he's got yeah. and he does what he does well Yeah, I kind of love that epic shot of him looking onto the horizon you expect him on this gigantic naval vessel and <laughs> yeah. it's like a dinghy <laughs> of a ship yeah. Yeah. Paul this was your big question so you better have a big answer oh, it has to be a fight sequence in the raid at uh, the very end was just uh, yeah I absolutely loved it eco waste just unleashing hell in a film that kept it simple, kept a great idea, and really marked the talents in Evans. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of violence for no sake of it, but the raid was just, it was so brilliantly shot. We, you mentioned it, uh, you recommended the sequel last week, but mm. the first one, that sequence in the hallway, and then it just climaxes in one of the best death sequences I've ever seen, and uh, here it is. <laughs> Not a, not a great audio. I offered to reenact that for you. You did and do it like you know uh, kung fu. But then you pulled a muscle in your leg. You but did. that's the sequence when he impales the guy's head through the doorstep, sure. which is just a backward jump. <laughs> it's okay. He's one of like a hundred thousand people, people that he, he kills. kills yeah. So uh, that was just a particularly good one. <laughs> but um, it was a climax, like a five minute long take of this superb choreography and a yeah. tight little claustrophobic scene. And like, I think even like Daredevil, which Drew Goddard actually did the first mm. season who did uh, El Royale. He was mm. showing on Daredevil, clearly saw the raid and said, you know what, I'll have some of this yeah. for the first season of Daredevil. Um, but no, Eco uh, Ace marked him as a huge star and Gareth Evans as a director to watch. And we'll be chatting about Apostle in a few minutes. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I've got some stuff to say about it. We, we both do. We have some stuff to say about the <laughs> puzzle. So that was our big question uh, on this week's Big Review Ski. If you've got a big answer yourself, make sure you tweet us at, uh, at Big Review Ski or text us. Uh, Olivia, pick a number. 47. There you go. That's the one. Text us at 47. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Owen's not here, but he has forwarded on the answer to last week's competition high clue. Which, How can a ghost send a text? Yeah. Um, it's like, like I said, he's like poltergeist. Remember, it was in the telly. Yeah, but well, this one's in my phone specifically. We really need to call these own busters. Yeah, own busters. So if anyone gets a mysterious text from Rory, it's actually Owen. And his it's phone. actually Owen. That's a great get out. There you uh, go. Get out, Claus. Sorry, it was Owen. Mm. I've always got your back on. So is balls. Uh, okay, so last week's competition, I could, if you've forgotten, Olivia, I don't know if you got this one. Nope. Great. Doc's wife is new wife, relatively well suited. Wrecking homes and boats. That was that was an easy one. I thought. Yeah. Of course you did. Ah, come on. Like wrecking homes, homes and boats and boats, boats and boats and homes. The okay. only thing I the only thing I came up with was like Sharknado, and then I was like, no, that's not right. It was Step Brothers. So line one: Doc's wife is new wife is a reference to Mary Steinberger, who played Stock Brown's wife in Back to the Future Three, and is Richard Jenkins' new wife in Step Brothers. Uh, line two relatively well suited relatively is a reference to the fact that Farrell and John C. Riley are now officially relatives and they're well suited because when they get on well mm-hmm. eventually uh, and they wear tuxedos to their job interview 
and the last line wrecking homes and boats they're both responsible for wrecking their home life they literally wreck a boat uh, boats and hose was the song boats and homes and also one of them plays homes yeah, they're in, in the, both in in the yeah. Sherlock Holmes yeah, yeah so it's lots of connections there I did actually get the reference in the first line so I'm proud of that so not the I answer. did not get the rest no I, I, I haven't seen Step Brothers oh, I know you should mm. it's pretty good really, really it's pretty good it's I you know I, me I don't like cringy films like sh- this isn't cringy this is ridiculous yeah it's like it's more, stuff. It's more, like really yeah it's more ridiculous than anything else and it is very funny it's not my favourite Farrell and uh, uh, Riley film I still prefer uh, Talladega Nights okay to step mm. there. that's just me now controversial sorry it but, reaches into uh, your NASCAR loving heart yeah <laughs> if you're not first you're last that's my life motto <laughs> Uh, so that was the answer to last week's high clue um, we will be picking winners again this week because we've got some cool venom we do actually yeah have the we've got that test. awesome motorcycle helmet it's mad it's like like venom's head yeah you can have the shape Tom, of a you can drive around with Tom Hardy's head on your head well you well, can because it's in my bag like sh- I'm, I'm taking that to your home <laughs> all you have to do is get your own high clue right later on and you should be fine <laughs> so in the in the meantime before we get to the before we get to Olivia's competition high clue later on uh, we actually have to get through the Irish top 10 Owen's not here again so guess what we get to do again I am getting concerned that I will eventually run out of, run out of songs. I'm gonna take have. a guess. Is that is that Phoenix or something? That is uh, Benny Benassi featuring Gary Go. Are no. you just like googling songs with lyrics like lyrics? With the word cinema, cinema or film, film or yeah. movie in the title? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we've done you know Alien and Farm, Beck, Taylor Swift, this week Barry Benassi. Was that your belly? That was. <laughs> <laughs> I heard your tum tum from across. The ghost of Owen, he's here. He's in your belly. Get him out. Okay, so top ten this week. Number ten, Crazians or Crazy Rich Asians. Have you seen it yet? I saw Aquafina on SNL. She's we enjoy her. Oh yeah, yeah she's, she's great. But, um, great crack. Wasn't uh, yeah, I saw Crazians. It, it was it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Uh, number nine, own again, not here. Hotel Transylvania three. I haven't seen it. You that haven't seen it. That is still in the top number ten. Nine. It will. It will not leave. <laughs> it's, it's a new greatest showman. <laughs> it, is, it is our generation's new greatest showman. And uh, number eight, simple favor. I thought was half good and then meh towards mm. the end. Yeah, there's a good story in there. It was just a little bit too long. Too many twists and turns. They yeah, could have narrowed it down that all came bit. together towards the end as well. Number seven, um, it's from the Met Opera 2018. I Ida A I D A. Yeah. Aida, yeah. Oprah releases loads of films. <laughs> oh my god, that was—that's that, a callback to like <laughs> ten yeah. weeks ago. That might be the funniest thing you'll ever say. <laughs> so, I want you to record that moment and have it as a as an audio See, tombstone. Rory, you're killing it now. If you're just audio tombstone, anytime people come to your tombstone, I just want to—I want them to hear you say that joke because that t- was with your tummy rumbling in the background. Yeah, that was fantastic. I just I, no, I almost don't want to continue recording. I just don't, I don't see this episode getting any better. Uh, number six, Black Forty Seven. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. making making loads of money. Yeah, yeah doing, very it, well. doing very uh, well. And English critics are loving it too. Yeah. I think we're a bit more critical of it because we have a more of a context. Sure, but uh, it's, it's, what's done, it's received the, really well around the world. Mm. Was it the New York Times? They said it was the British famine movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That get was, quick, that was quickly edited, though. Yeah. Okay. Then number five was the House of the Clock and Its Walls. Uh, in case you haven't seen it yet, um, uh, Paul has spoken to Kate Blanchett, Jack Black, director Eli Roth, and I forgot to give his name. Owen Vaccaro. Thank you. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. It's fun when Black and Blanchett are on screen, loses its way in the middle, and kind of brings you back by the end. It's. Uh, Feels like it'll be one of those Jumanji films you look back in 10, 15 time, years' time and Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, keep it on. Mm. So d- directly after Own Busters, put on yeah. House of the Clock and the Exactly. Number four, Night School. Any of us seen it? Mm. No. I really want to see it because Tiffany Haddish is in it. And I, Your wife. I, you I, just I, love I am How are you going to adamant. look her in the eye and propose to her and say you haven't seen her work? Because you might. have plans to marry her mm. but not see her films. Like you he has hypocrite. the ring and all. I think it's better that way. Because again, there'll be no arguments if I don't like her stuff. So, and I don't want her to. Re- you just gotta roll reviews. over and just say yes, I agree with everything to your marriage. Like a good husband. <laughs> yes. Well. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Number three, Johnny English strikes again. 
No. No. That was that was one we were meant to cover last week, but uh, did not. Didn't. And I just I do not care for the Johnny English franchise. I think it's not good. Um, and here it is at number three. So mm-hmm. I feel like the funniest bit has probably been shown in the trailers, which is the VR sequence. And even then, it didn't look that funny. Yeah, and poor Olga Kurlyenko. She went from Oblivion. a Bond girl, a, an actual oh, a Bond, Bond girl, girl. Yeah, I forgot about that. To a Johnny English girl. Plus Emma Thompson's in this. Oh yeah. Well, down to the start. So at the number one and number two spot, uh, two big films we reviewed last week. Dun, dun, dun. I'm trying to think in my head now. I can't remember what I did an hour ago. <laughs> number two is A Star is Born and number one yeah. is Venom. Venom. Yeah. Um, uh, Venom, I went to see. What did you think? I preferred it to Predator. Okay. Truth be told. The Predator, sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Like, tonally, it's absolutely bonkers bonkers and plot wise it is a there's a plot to it it is a it is a it is an absolute mess and did you go with Hardy how he played it I I got on board I got it on takes board. a while doesn't it yeah towards the end when it actually became like stuff CGI is exploding I was like yeah, kind of checked out now um, they should have just fr- I te- uh, they should have framed it to begin with as a buddy cop that's what it when it was its best I thought when he's having the conversations with himself lean into the madness of it but uh, towards the end again when they when they uh, start actually spending money on the special effects uh, (laughs) I was like okay I can see where the problems here are because they're like we can't have spent 100 million on this and not have something explode Mm. (sighs) the chase was okay there's a rocket there's a rocket platform in the middle of San Francisco in the middle of a major city, there's a huge platform where rockets are taking off. That can be operated by one person. Uh, like, how, did it, how has the, the population of this major city not been like, we can't sleep. There's a rocket taking off down the road. <laughs> no, there's a, I've, got, I've got problems. But still, I, I had fun. It's I'd a be, bad film. I'd be curious to see the 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I reckon it was really R-rated stuff. That could have sat well with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so too. Uh, oh, and Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy had potentially the worst uh, on-screen chemistry I've ever seen. <laughs> like worse than uh, she Dakota thinks, Fanning. She thinks she's in a serious film and he's playing it for laughs. Yeah, she should have come on playing the character she was in in, uh, in that mad comedy. Oh, um, uh, Amy Schumer one. Yeah. I feel pretty. Yeah, she yeah. should have come on with that kind of bond. But the 30 well. seconds when she was in the, the symbiote attached to her was mad as well. And then he kissed himself as the... <sighs> There's a lot. There's a lot to. Discuss. But a star was born. Uh, getting the love as well. Oh, love yeah, it. yeah. It's a better film. Yeah. <laughs> but Venom is. Uh, t- it's broke the record for the most the highest takings in October. Yeah, uh, over eighty million for any film. Yeah, it, it beat the previous record holder, which was Gravity, mm. uh, by about like sixty percent or some yeah, crazy amount. But so uh, there, think, will, there th- will be a sequel. I think come Oscars, one of those two will be in with a show, and it's probably Venom. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Hey, it's we, can, mo- we can but hope that can take the money and A Star Is Born can take all the awards that's how A Star Is Born is doing well for a, a, a yeah. musical weeby like from, a, from a director who has never directed before and an actress who has barely acted before Yeah, mm. um, between the two of them like in that week um, those two films made like 120 130 million or something just like in the that. States just alone, in the States alone in, in like, like that's, that's a massive weekend and that's weekend. just from people listening to this podcast telling them to go out and watch them yeah. you are welcome Yes, <laughs> you're welcome, cinema goers. So that was the top ten. Uh, maybe one of the entries in next week's top ten is this new uh, Irish movie, Rosie, directed by Paddy Bradnock, who previously directed I Went Down and Viva, and written by Roddy Doyle, mm-hmm. who hasn't written anything for the screen since uh, when Brendan met Trudy, which was like 18 years ago. But obviously, he's he's written other stuff. He's read it all. Hey. Uh, I had the opportunity of sitting down with the two stars Sarah Green and Mo Dunford uh, and we had a nice long conversation about Rosie about Irish film in general about some of the powerful stories behind um, the movie itself and what they're getting up to next and here is that conversation Sarah and Mo how are you about doing today? Very good Not too bad I'm going to kick in with uh, the hardest question possible favourite Irish movie of all time that neither one of you are involved in Adam and Paul or Garage Garage Garage, let's go with Garage. Garage. You're both going with Garage? Yeah. Why is that? Pat Short. Yeah, Pat. <laughs> Pat. Uh, I saw it in the IFI and it, it's totally, I've ne- I never saw a movie like that mm. before, dealing with what it was dealing with. Um, garage. Garage. Yeah. When you uh, were approached for Rosie, did you know, uh, like straight off the bat, how topical and how timely 
how important this film was going to be or was it something you kind of learned the more you were involved with it? A bit of both, I think. Yes, I was very aware of it, but obviously um, living the situation, yeah, it became a lot more prevalent and, and important. Um, and it's just everywhere at the moment now as well. You know, yeah. I read it somewhere a year ago. So it wasn't being talked about as much as it is today. And, you know, the figures keep increasing. So um, the situation just keeps getting worse and worse. So, yeah. Yeah, I knew beforehand, before we did the movie, how bad things were. And I knew how much people were saying things would be better. Uh, so when I read it, I was, I was taken aback by Roddy's approach of these normal people who are just looking for a place to live. It was non-judgmental. And uh, as heavy as this crisis is, how much love was in this family and um, how these people are struggling to just have a lead in everyday life. Well, that, that is something that I noticed watching it. It would have been very uh, easy or almost lazy to have the two characters fighting all the time. Um, yeah. And it, it was just such a, a nice twist, I think, for me watching it, that there was a real love between the characters. Um, how easy or how difficult or how much time did you have to work on the chemistry between you both? It's really hard. Really difficult. I'd say it's so. like Mordor, Nightmare. Nightmare. She's Cork, I'm Waterford. It's nightmare. <laughs> uh, we know each other years. We've worked together lots. So uh, it was very easy. Um, it, we find it very easy working together. Yeah. yeah. We've known each other about 10 years. Mm -hmm. We went to the same college together. We were married together once in Vikings. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I evicted Sarah out of her home in Black 47. And mm -hmm. now... We're getting. We we have no homes in, in this movie. Very we're, rocky relationships. We're working together. We're working together again now on, on something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the chemistry was there, but. Um, yeah. But I think the kids was really what brought yeah. us together as a family, and mm -hmm. you know, um, what's great about John Paul and Rosie is that they they love each other and they're together a long time and they've been through a lot together, um, and and they're they're good parents. Um, they don't smoke. They don't drink. Roddy was very adamant that he would you know that. that that was a choice he made so that no one could say, well, they, they spent, you know, such an X, Y, Z money on, on cigarettes today. Cigarettes, or, yeah. you know, it's like they're doing everything right and the system is failing them and they're in a horrendous situation through no fault of their own. We, uh, at Joe, we get some horror stories sent in yeah, regularly. Sure, yeah. It's just like, mm. look at this one room that's like 1,200 yeah. euro a month. It's, mm. Like, have you come across any particular anecdotes or any particular horror stories yourselves like while making this or since then where you're like, whoa, this is, is this is even worse than people realise? I just know a lot of people who are struggling to find places at the moment and people are moving out of Dublin because they can't afford it or moving back in with their parents. Um, I'm, we were told a story that Paddy had met a woman who um, she spoke about, she had three young kids and one of them needed to go to the bathroom and she's like, what, what, what? they were in a, like a, a fast food restaurant so what do I do in the situation do I take all of them and run the risk of them sh throwing my food out you mm -hmm. can't really tell people like I'm just mm -hmm. running to the bathroom in, in a McDonald's or whatever so uh, so yeah small details like that you go I don't think about that we take for home for granted yeah. you know having a home having somewhere to eat having you know being able to cook your own food having somewhere to sleep choosing what time you go to bed at um, when that's taken away from you small details in your everyday life become huge traumas things like washing clothes washing your kids clothes it's you know they can be quite detrimental and, and damaging to a family as well just just how easy it is to, to find yourself in this situation yeah. well, I remember moving up to Dublin looking at daft and looking at prices and them slowly going up 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 every month and a year would change and they're like astronomically different to what they were the year before and um, students moving up here now you hear it you hear it everywhere Rory yeah. um, uh, and you know how easily one can find themselves in this situation and you know I knew I, I know a barman he's a good friend of mine he's coming tonight actually um, and I just overheard a conversation with him about six months ago when we were making the film about how he had no place to live his landlord upped and went to Spain and if it weren't I mean if it weren't for his wife's father's house that they could move back into they had nowhere to go if you don't have the luxury of going back into mommy and daddy's house mm -hmm. and if you have kids yeah where do you go? Yeah, it is a, it's a nightmare. If you're renting, it's a nightmare. Um, last week, week before, I spoke to uh, Stephen Ray and uh, Lance Daly, and they had nothing but fantastic things to say about the young Irish talent that they got to work with on Black 47. Uh, is there any other Irish talent out there, whether young or, or older, that you're very excited to see what they do next? Uh, yeah, lots of people. Yeah. Uh, and Skelly. 
Anne Skelly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jordan Jones. Jordan Jones, kissing Candice, Jordan Jones, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Barry, Barry, Barry Keown. I mean, Barry. yeah, the talent Barry. is pretty. Yeah. It's pretty high right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it does yeah. feel like it's in a really good place. Yeah. Like every time there's a new Irish film, I'm like, great, because yeah. it's something different. It's not something we've seen before. Mm -hmm. and, I am, and people are going out and supporting it. I mean, absolutely. Like you see how well Black Forest exactly. was done. I'm yeah. personally planting the flag to make sure Rosie does as well as it possibly can, because I thought it was Thank fantastic. You. Thanks, Rory. Thanks. Uh, final question, and you kind of already hinted at that already. What are you up to next? Oh, I can't say. say. Why? But we're working together. I, I figured <laughs> that much. And we're, and we're close. Yeah. <laughs> Are you playing? We're not, <laughs> we're not divorcees. We're not twins. Okay. No, not yet. <laughs> That'll be our next one. That'll be our next one. All right. Is it, a, is it a film? It's a TV it's show. A TV it's a TV show. show. And that's all you can give me. That's all that's I'm afraid, all. yeah, we're waiting right for them then. to come okay. Sorry, Rory. I try. <laughs> We'd love to. Watch this face. Sarah Mo, thanks so much. Thank you, Thank Rory. Nice to meet you. I just don't know where we can go. Where? Somewhere safe. Where's Kaylee, Mom? She wasn't in the school. She's not answering her phone. Kaylee? Kaylee? I've always looked after them. <laughs> We're not homeless. We're just lost. So that was uh, Sarah Green and Mo Dunford, um, two of Ireland's really good uh, up and coming actors. Mo Dunford and Michael inside is just superb. Fantastic. Yeah. And Sarah Green, I, She's just brilliant. she was fantastic in um, Dublin Old School, I think was the last thing I seen her in. No, she was in Black 47 as well. And so was he. Christ, we're <laughs> so much together. Uh, well, they're both together in Rosie. Um, Sarah Green, Green plays uh, Rosie herself, who is the mom of this family who, uh, through no real action of their own, have been kicked out of their of their home. Uh, basically, the landlord was like, well, I'm selling this for more money, so you're going to have to find somewhere else to live. Sounds familiar. Mm. Yeah. And Mo Dunford is her husband, and they've got three kids together. And they're basically half living out of their car and half trying to find emergency accommodation in hotels around Dublin. It's, it's a very topical um, story that's happening right now for anyone who's even remotely aware of the housing crisis in Ireland mm. uh, it literally could not come at a mm. more important time um, and the two of them are fantastic in it it's it's done in a real naturalistic way and it slowly peels back the layers of um, especially Sarah Green's character just the film barely leaves her side um, the camera barely leaves her side for the entire film and uh, yeah it's a very emo uh, emotional intelligently made uh, film and they're like at the start of it when the two when the two characters are kind of interacting you're like oh these two are gonna just be fighting for the whole thing and it's gonna be real misery porn for the next 90 minutes but uh, the, the film wisely keeps them on each other's side because they know they'll get through this better if they don't turn on each other uh, which makes it a much easier to to watch uh, than if I had just been the two of them arguing over and not having somewhere to stay for the night and that helps a lot um and Roddy Doyle's script is is it can be kind of momentarily lighthearted when because obviously the two parents are trying to keep things light for the kids because uh, it's a very tough situation that they're all in. Uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was really really good. Um, one of the one of the films where it's it's as important as it is uh good to watch, which mm. is rare because sometimes you see films like that was that was important, but I did not enjoy watching that film because mm. like it spotlight. just kind of because like that was very intense as well yeah it was I'm, an important I'm, thing to watch yeah I'm never like in the mood to go home and watch Spotlight mm. uh, and that might be the case with Rosie as well like I'm, I, it, it is a brilliant film but it, it's, it's not like a it's not I'm in the mood for a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a film about the housing crisis in Ireland just to remind me of what a nightmare we're currently but you, uh, you did mention there the bits of comedy that objectively if you looked at stuff like The Van and Commitments Commitments is essentially about the depression at the time mm. the 80s and like how you find some sort of hope to get through it by forming a band the van was about two guys who were unemployed mm. who obviously Italian 90 euphoria around that but it was a pretty dark film at the heart yeah. of it is there you mentioned the comedy touches it, this is more drama 70% drama 30% comedy um, but is it funny in the sense that you'd associate with the Barrytown trilogy no no no, no 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 it's not like there's no jokes in it it's mm. more just um some conversations where they're trying to just like literally lighten the mood that everyone's in 
um so it is a it's not a funny film at all but it, it does it does do some good work towards making sure that it's not constantly depressing mm. like in now. America kind of like that type of thing yeah yeah cl- yeah actually that's that's a good comparison um so yeah if you haven't obviously you haven't because it hasn't been made yet but if you are going to cinema this weekend uh do go see Rosie it is a very good Irish film that is also very very topical uh, at the moment um and features two fantastic performances up next is <laughs> maybe like the most opposite film no actually seeing what's coming up next is even more opposite than that okay so this is uh, First Man featuring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy Uh, here's a little clip from that movie are you sure? yeah be an adventure first man to walk on the moon that'd be something we've chosen a job so difficult requiring so many technological developments. We're gonna have to start from scratch. Ooh. Kyle Chandler's voice is awesome. Yeah, he's so, I'm so happy he had his little career resurgence uh, of late, because I felt like there was a while where he just kind of after... Just disappeared. Uh, yeah. I always loved him from Friday Night Lights. Game Night, he's the best thing in it. Yes, he was fantastic in Game Night as well. Yes, he was. Um, okay, so first man, uh, how do you both feel about Damien Chazelle? Loved Whiplash, La La Land was massively overrated. Uh, yeah, I concur. La La Land, like I know that you absolutely adored it, but I, it was one of those ones where I was just like, it's fine. I didn't mm-hmm. actually, I wasn't as enamoured with but it. Whiplash, else, but Whiplash, Whiplash was great. I yeah. use the term modern classic is Whiplash. I same, would say, yeah. Same. I I do prefer Whiplash. I do think La La Land is great, but I do think Whiplash is phenomenal. Uh, from the two films, it's clear that he uh, he knows his way around sound. You guys, mm. he he has a he's a he's got a handle on that aspect of cinema. And the same with First Man. I went to see this in IMAX, and I was rattled out of the chair because <laughs> he goes to town on the sound design in this, like the opening scene alone. Is just one of the tests that uh, Neil Armstrong, played by Ryan Gosling, is is doing like well before any of the Apollo projects, and it's just like if you have feelings, they will be shot out of your head. <laughs> we're like five minutes into the film, uh, but it does kind of. I'm surprised this is like the first proper time we've had the biopic of Neil Armstrong. Yeah, it yeah. feels like a story that has. I, I feel I've been told before and then I looked I was like oh we actually haven't been told this story before I think it's one of those things that everyone was sort of like almost too afraid to tackle it especially mm. because of all the controversy that was surrounding it in the first place um, yeah. with the way that America is at the moment sure yeah. that's fair uh, but plus I think it was something that maybe everyone thought they knew inside it out mm. and then when you actually sit down and watch this version of the story you're like oh there's so much about the story I didn't know like we get to know his wife a lot more who in this is played by Claire Foy who you would know from The Crown and she's the new girl in The Dragon Tattoo but mm-hmm. it's not that film it's the it's sequel to that yeah. film or whatever it's called <laughs> um, and the supporting cast in this is fantastic as well uh, it it looks amazing and sounds amazing when they're doing the astronaut stuff but when it's here on Earth and he's with his family it is uh, biopic by the numbers it's like oh he's overcome personal tragedy and he has troubles with his wife and blah 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 but it's it's half a okay biopic and then half an amazing technological achievement whenever they're getting into the sciencey stuff and whenever they're doing the actual launches and stuff like that. Um, so kind of it's like a three star and a five star film. So mm. it's a four star. It's film. a four star. Film. <laughs> <laughs> Going with the averages here. What's uh, what's he like? Gosling's really good. He he. Because he, he seems to, for me, he kind of fluctuates between being excellent and then just sort of like him just floating through the motions. Yeah, being very I'm, wooden. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've never seen him bad. I've seen him like sometimes mistake being uh, emotionless with being cool. Yeah. Um, like I thought he was, I thought he was better in La La Land because he got to act more. He got to have like more emotions to do rather than in Drive which is something you just associate him with but you actually well, watch him in Drive basically being Clint Eastwood yeah. but he has like <laughs> one emotion in that whole film even when he's bopping people's heads in with a hammer he's just like mm, kind of mad all the time <laughs> uh, well in this he has a little bit more to do but he uh, his version of Neil Armstrong in this is, is almost on some kind of emotional spectrum where he he can't quite connect with people properly Um yeah, there was a scene I saw when he's talking to his kids at the 
dinner yeah. time. Yeah. It's like he's giving a press conference and it's like you're talking to your son, offer him some comfort, you know, say I'll be back, but he just can't seem to bridge that emotional gap. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like his own kids. And it's never really it's never we're never given a really good reason as to why he's like that with his own kids. There is a bit of a reason given at the very start, but it was like that's not enough to get me to where I need to be to understand what you're doing with your own son right now. Um, but like I said, whenever uh, Giselle brings the story up into space, it's phenomenal. And spoilers, they get to the moon. <laughs> and I've never seen anything set in space look that good or that realistic. I thought it was fantastic. Even ahead of gravity. Uh, yeah, because gravity to me felt like an action film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it didn't like obviously. I'm sure it was years and years and years of uh, research was putting in to make sure it was as realistic as possible but it didn't feel real to me it looked like an awesome video game scene mm. which I'm fine with I mm. love gravity but with this it was like oh it's science but it still looks pretty cool uh, and it's just the moon we've all seen the moon we see the moon nearly every day mm -hmm. but it looks pretty cool in this um, so yeah I would really recommend going to see First Man as well but do go see it in the best sound system cinema you can find because I'm not I cannot over uh, over exaggerating. There yes, you know. <laughs> I got there. Uh, how good the sound design in this is in this because it's really really phenomenal. <clears throat> now, speaking from one fantastic sound designed movie to another, uh, and again another huge genre jump. I I'm gonna need help with this one. <laughs> Here's a clip from Mandy. So what are you gonna do with that? Put no one hunting. So what you hunting? Crazy evil. You think you're so in love? I'll show you love. The heck was that? That was <laughs> Nick Cage going full cage. <laughs> what was that? We're being broken into. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Nick Cage. He's here to get us. I was gonna say it's I'm sorry, Nick. We're sorry. Uh, okay, so that was Mandy. That is okay. How do I describe Mandy? Full Ooh. Cage. Okay, so remember, like the '70s or the '80s, when metal rock had very unique-looking album covers, mm -hmm. like there Sticks were, and Poison and Qu Quiet Riot. There was Riot a lot. And all of, that there stuff. was a lot of like tigers who were also dragons and they were like shouting at the moon sure and it was like big muscly ladies with big metal bras with swords and they're always like fighting warlock and, yeah sure right i'm on. with you so that's what this film is <laughs> someone's someone, someone seen an album cover like that and was like i can do that but they were obviously on lsd at the time while looking at the album cover like i can make a film of this i've got this it starts off with Nick, Clay, uh, Nick Cage and his wife, uh, Mandy, who's played by Andrea Riseborough, who's a fantastic actress. And the two of them are in love and they live in the forest and they're all like cute and couple together. And then uh, Linus Roach, who is who's in Vikings and uh, Law and Order and stuff, he is kind of a cult leader who is a failed musician who relates his music to the Carpenters. That's a very logical <laughs> jump to make. Yes. Um... He he's a failed musician. He was given a bad batch of LSD, became a uh, a cult leader. Passes do? by Andrea Riseborough's character and was like, "I must, I must have her." And then they take her, and then Nicolas Cage goes on a massive uh, revenge. Um, I just saw. Uh, Sounds like breakdown, uh, kind of. It, a bit. If it kind of if breakdown wa was on LSD, LSD and eighties metal, there's, there's <laughs> actually tigers in it. There's Sweet. tigers in it. There's uh, there's beasts made from metal, and again they were given they were given a really bad batch of LSD to the point where they believe themselves to be demons now, and can only be called when someone blows into the horn of a Braxis, which is actually just a fancy seashell. I can't. <laughs> but it's got great reviews. Like, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did. It is the most unique film I've seen uh, all year. It was a proper full on uh, like hypnotic experience. Um, I think it's meant to be a horror film there wasn't any point in the entire thing where I was like oh I'm scared or even unsettled it is it is shockingly violent at times Nicolas Cage gives his best performance I've seen in a long time because he goes Lieutenant was the last thing I saw him in maybe, really like, yeah. maybe since that hmm. uh, and it's just, this is like dangerously close to Max Cage like it's deadly there's a scene in it where he has a proper freak out right after they've taken his wife and it's the camera just stays on him in one room 
and you can see the cameraman's like he starts to like track towards him and there's something cage does and you can, like the flip out gets a bit more intense and you can actually I've never noticed before the cameraman just starts to come back away from him <laughs> he's like oh I don't know what he's doing uh, and you, there's points in the film where it feels like cage is running the show rather than the director or the writer um yeah, I oh, it's the, one of the last scores as well by Johan Johansson, who oh, yeah. was fantastic oh. for Sicario and Arrival and stuff. Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful score, beautiful to look at. Some of the some of the imagery in this is beyond compare. Like the, you could freeze any shot in this, like that's my new screensaver now. Um, but yeah, this is unlike unlike First Man. Half the audience will go to this and give it five stars, but like this is one of my new favorite films of all time. And half of them will come away saying that it's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> And I never want to see it or anything involved in it ever again. Bill Duke's in it from Predator. Predator. Sweet. He was actually at the start of that little clip there. Fairly. He's the one who gives Nicolas Cage his bow and arrow because, of course, he does. Um, <laughs> you sold the hell out of this to me, by the way. That's, that's my favorite. That could be my favorite review you've ever done. It's. Uh, I absolutely loved it, but um, I totally understand why people in my head. It is beyond beyond bonkers. Uh, one of the most unique films I've ever seen yeah even if you think you might hate it I'd still recommend going to see it because it is it's just something you've got to see yeah, yeah it's it's one of 2018's uh, <laughs> no one of the 21st century's most, most <laughs> unique films I, it's it's an absolute must see but I don't think it's getting a huge release but I think I think it is getting a pretty sharpish uh, video on demand release okay. uh, afterwards mm. um, so it's out in cinemas two cinemas two whole cinemas in oh. Ireland this Friday uh, and then out on home release pretty soon after that so if you can go see it uh, but do not take drugs watching it not that I'm recommending <laughs> you take drugs anyway seems like there was enough drugs anyway yeah. in the film to begin with yeah there's you get a like a contact high just from watching it like there's some so, there's some stuff in this and I was like yeah every last person involved in this film was on drugs <laughs> <laughs> while making it uh, so that was Mandy now we've come we've come down from that high um we're going to go on to another horror but one that's slightly more um, Christ after hearing that uh, description it makes, uh, it makes Apostle sound <laughs> mundane yeah Apostle's slightly more uh, linear yeah. let's say and this is still a film with rivers of blood demons yeah. witches uh, before we torture get to, yeah. before we get into all that here's a wee clip Thomas your sister she's gone these people they're blasphemers, a cult, a disease. Bring her home. Name, Thomas Richardson. I dream of a world in which each waking day we rise equal. This island, it's our paradise. We have an intruder on our land. We have to find him. evil Welsh people mm. he gets well he is Welsh, <laughs> yeah. Welsh. it's great to see a Welsh accent on screen oh, it's, it, it's it's uh, melodic yeah <laughs> it's it's because Catherine Zeta Jones is pretty much the only one I would I was going to say uh, Christian Bales he's not he's got to go really that Welsh accent hasn't he yeah Shirley Bassey she yeah. was Welsh she is Welsh she's not dead yet uh, it continues to be Welsh thank yeah. you uh, <laughs> Apostle is Netflix's new big release it's from Gareth Evans who directed The Raid and Raid 2 and my favourite segment from all of the VHS releases which I've forgotten the title of just Safe Haven thank you very much it's so good that uh, which has a lot in common with the plot of it does this uh, movie to a sense that I wondered if he developed Apostle while filming Safe Haven uh, as you saw in the clip uh, Dan Stevens who was super I just want to clarify they didn't see anything it's a podcast going on <laughs> <laughs> Who Dan Stevens, who if uh, you anyone listening to the show knows how big a fan we are of the guest, which is I think one of the best cult films you'll see. Oh yeah, and he was in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he plays Thomas Richardson, uh, goes over to this mysterious island after his uh, sister is kidnapped and held to ransom by Michael Sheen, who has set up this kind of commune uh, cult community, um, kind of eerily like the Wicker Man and you're going to hear that a lot mentioned because in terms of style and tone it harks back to a lot of that also some other stuff like Witchfinder General which is an amazing old horror if you haven't seen it check it out and uh, after getting to the island nobody wants to talk about what's going on here and slowly and slowly Evans builds the builds the drama builds the set piece there's little teases of horror there's little kind of veils of blood are left out every room um, uh, Stevens's character kind of slips under and while he does a bit of investigating you find that there's a reason why 
these people are not talking and why uh, they seem to worship from this cult of Michael Sheen's character. Right. Now, the reason I was underwhelmed. So, I'm not, when I'm, obviously, we're not going to spoil it. Yeah. But I was underwhelmed. I, I had, in my brain, come up with at least 15 better reasons why all this was happening. And then when they were like, here it is, it was like, oh. Yeah. But that's not to say it's definitely. It, that's not to say it's not worth watching. I think Evans. I think it's not bad. I think he. I think he imagined a lot of the scenes stylistically, and then tried to wrap a plot around it. And mm. in terms of visuals, he is. He can't execute a scene. But I was sure. thinking there was no real point to a lot of them. There's a particular sequence I mentioned, a River of Blood. There before, it's great to look at, but it's like it doesn't really add what anything. Was that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks great, and it's it's obviously a cool horror trope to have. But in the last third. It does take a little bit of a twist, which I was on board with when Sheen's character has layers to him. Mm. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting performance. And maybe there's an even bigger evil on the island that isn't his character or this demonic witch presence. But in terms of its inspiration, we were talking, Rory, before. He's clearly played a lot of Resident Evil and Silent Hill because there's um, there's a particular protector, we'll say, that is literally lifted from Silent Hill with the metal triangle head. It's there is a lot of visual similarities yeah. to some of the to some mm. of the cues there, uh, but ultimately uh, he does crank the tension up and it gets to the last third and it, it goes a bit mad. But I just want them to push it a little bit crazier. Sure. But and even if he wasn't doing that, the film I think would have worked perfectly well as like a tiny community of fanatics. Sure. The, the supernatural element. I understand why he brought it in and he kind of wanted to make the heart, but almost in a way it was kind of like could have done without it and just had like a group of crazy people kidnapping and it would have been a really good like revenge flick but he obviously harked back to Wicker Man which Friday Jenner stuff like that was the film he wanted to make and the, and nature obviously is a big theme in this film as mm. well yeah I, I, I was just curious what he wanted to do see having seen Safe Haven if you've never seen ha- Safe Haven I it's amazing. think it might be on YouTube I think it's only 12 minutes long mm. and it is um, it's fantastic it mm. is um, and it has a supernatural element as well and it's pulled off perfectly uh, and watching Apostle I was like why didn't he just do a feature version of Safe Haven instead of this like watered down version of it where it just there was so many elements in it where it's like you could cut these characters right out like there's two there's two teenagers who are in love and you're like yeah. they uh, it, like contribute nothing to the film which in its, itself is like, I think two hours, 15 minutes long. Mm. Oh, wow. Which is very long for a horror film. Uh, and there's there's huge gaps between, uh, you know, horrific scenes. You can't see me do rabbit fingers, but <laughs> I'm doing right now. Um, but when they come, you're like, yes, this is what he's great at. Because there's one or two like tiny fights in it. And you're like, oh, this the, like the film actually livens up. You can feel its heartbeat like go to the roof for split seconds at a time. Uh, and the violence when it does come is great. But yeah, I was just I was I was disappointed that it was only good because yeah. I was expecting it to be great. Yeah. So From some I. of the stuff that you guys have just said, it kind of comes across almost as if like maybe there was a bit too much studio interference. That maybe I think there might not have been. I enough. think there was nothing. I think I think Netflix literally said make what do you whatever want. you want. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And I got I got the, the feeling then. there was no one there to say you don't need this. Yeah. And I got the feeling last week with Sonya and Hold the Dark as well. Kind of the same thing that it's great that directors are flocking to this medium mm. and that they're getting to exercise their vision but it's like I really didn't know what he wanted to do like in a way maybe it's a good thing because lack of studio notes mean you, means you're getting the purer vision of what this director wants but on the other hand like there is a reason why Netflix might want to give notes eventually because mm. you, you land up with something like David A is bright and you're like what the yeah. fuck is this <laughs> like it's it's the, like they do need so, like a few people who maybe understand better what the audience mm. might want rather than just what that one director wants but um, I'm still very much a apostle of the church of uh, Gareth Evans because I do think he is a fantastic director I think the first two Raid films and Faith Haven are amazing and there are moments in this when you can see yeah he's a talent he's and one to watch oh yeah like I'm still very excited to whatever he says he's doing next which apparently is not going to be the Red 3 but whatever he says he's doing next um, uh, I'm totally on board for it but just be prepared that uh, fans of the Raid and Raid 2 will be yeah they're just going to be disappointed I would think by by the Apostle Uh, but it's still definitely worth a watch so we haven't had a bad film yet out of the four of them Uh, so we've had a good run but we've got one more left um Chris Hemsworth's abs, the movie, mm-hmm. aka Bad Times 
on El Royale. First time at the El Royale? You have the option to stay in either California or Nevada. I always want to stay in the honeymoon suite, even though I'm not currently on my honeymoon. <laughs> what are you doing out here? I got a job singing in Reno tomorrow. Don't pay nothing, but uh, singing, singing. <laughs> this is not a place for a priest, Father. You shouldn't be here. It's a little too quiet in here. It gives me the willies. A lot of attractive people in this room. A lot of abs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's Chris alone has a lot of abs, but um, like you gotta know for everybody else. Really. <laughs> yeah, and fairness, any film with Deep Purple hushing it on the soundtrack is good, but the soundtrack is a whopper. Oh it yeah, is it's fantastic. Massive, like. uh, we've also got John Hamm, Jeff Bridges, Nick Offerman at the very very start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dakota Johnson and my favorite in this film, Cynthia Erivo. So Erivo. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Erivo, Apparently, she's also in Widows, which is still to come this yes. year. And steals the show in that as well, but I haven't seen that one yet, so I'll have to take someone else's word for it. But, Olivia, plot for, if you can. If I pl- can. The <laughs> plot for Bad Times at the El Royale. So basically, it is a group of strangers who all sort of end up staying in this hotel, the El Royale. Um, it's up in Lake Tahoe, and it is, uh, as you heard from the clip there, it's 50 50 split in California and Nevada. So usually, bleh, it used to be kind of like a case of you could gamble in Nevada and drink in California, sort of style thing. Um, they basically shit hits the fan <laughs> over the course of the night accurate and yeah if I say any more details sort of around the plot itself yeah that yeah so you've got a priest you've got a gangster you've got her sister yeah violent a singer huh? violent Cluedo Violent yeah, Cluedo yeah, yeah. I, yeah I walked to a certain out extent. I called it Tarantino's Cluedo when I walked out that's exactly what Seb said as well he was like it's like Tarantino and Guy Ritchie made a film yeah, and Guy Ritchie's basically Tarantino in England anyway, yeah. so it's, it's Tarantino and Tarantino. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Written and directed by Drew Goddard, who mm-hmm. previously directed Cabin in the Woods, which was fantastic, yeah. Yeah. and is also responsible for the scripts of like, The Martian and I think yeah. some of Prometheus. And Daredevil. He ran and Dare- yeah. Daredevil, Daredevil, yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Paul, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first. <laughs> it's too long. It's too... You guys. But, and, I'll, and this is a big but, the man knows how to, everything is told in, in chapter form. So you got chapter one and sure. they're, they're segmented into the room. I think there's like four, four or five different characters, five different rooms. Yeah. To get back. He knows how to end every chapter that you're really, it's like you, it's like a roller coaster. You're bored, then the ending comes to each segment and then you're like, holy crap, I'm interested again. Whether that's through violence or through storytelling mm. techniques. So he knows... He's a very good understanding of the story. Yeah. He doesn't have a good understanding of when to cut it down. I felt like I'd watched five or six episodes of a TV show back to back. That's what yeah. this film felt like to me. But there are moments and there are violence images, uh, punches, lines. Um, there's a character who you have, who seems, uh, you, you think one thing about him and then you tease it and then you're like, oh my God, this guy's a badass with a particular number of kills. Yeah. And you're like, you kind of laugh at it. It's incredibly stylish. I Jeff Bridges, I, I just, I think he's magnetic. It's something uh, about him. Yeah. I watch him in anything, to be honest. Like it, it's so funny that in a film filled with this many attractive people, I just kept looking at Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I was like, you are the, you are the man, Jeff mm. Bridges. He and he's fantastic in this. Yeah, I do think. I'm not saying God. I think God. I just love hearing his words from other people. It's very long. Yeah, the the opening like. It takes where, a long time to get there. Where they all start to arrive and John Hamm's monologue at the start where he was using all these words that legit only, I feel like only screenwriters use those mm. words. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, yikes, at the very start. But it I was does... Ne- I was never bored at it. Yeah. I, want, I, want, I was curious to see how it played out. And there is a certain character introduced at the end who, if you go, like Hardy last week, if you go how he plays this role, you can have a lot of fun with sure. it, sure. But um, like it, 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 it just it just feels like there was rambling. But then he brings it in, and then something over the top. He hooks you back in. Then you kind of lose interest, and you're hooked back in. And that was the sense I had watching the film. That Christ, there was a. It could have been up to another star if you just cut it by about 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, you know? there's, there's a great hour and a half long film in there in, in Lost in the middle of a film that is two hours kind of like identity it's two hours long. 22 minutes but here's the thing so we've already made a comparison like Guy Ritchie and Tarantino sure. the films that we were liking it to were Pulp Fiction and Snatch 
Okay, so I, I was thinking more like a funnier Reservoir Dogs because it's all in one location. Oh, yeah, I kind of I I kind of fe- felt identity a bit. Oh, well, yeah. a, r- a rainy hotel uh, with people being killed mm. is identity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like at the same time, it's like, so I think Snatch is only like an hour 45, Pulp Fiction almost close to three hours. But yeah. all three of them all have a kind of similar sort of like timing sort of flow to it. Sure. So even though it was two hours and 22 minutes, I actually didn't feel like it was as long as it was. Now, yes, there were a few scenes where you're kind of just like, that line, just that one line could have gone. That two lines could have gone from here. That external shot from here, eh, we probably didn't need it. But I I actually didn't think, I didn't have as much of a problem with the length of the film as such because I was, I was hooked. I was along for the ride. I was just like, let's just keep it going. We also sort of said it was like, it's, it's pretty much just like a play has just, been taken from the stage and put on the screen mm. especially that opening sequence with Nick Offerman mm. that is literally just like you were just sitting back in a theatre and you were just watching this happen like on the stage in front yeah. of you yeah he does have a very good sense of um, I wouldn't call it voyeurism but he's very clever Goddard and you've watched Kevin Loves of putting the audience from the perspective of their seeing things unfold yeah. like the characters are <laughs> like the double mirror glass I think that's his mm. thing like he loves having that in all his films he worked them in and um, not to give too much away but there is sort of a Careful. An espionage Careful element, to, an espionage yeah. element to it, and it's kind of like who's watching who, and and the truths that you reveal in sure. public, and you kind of keep to yourself, and that kind of keeps you interested. Now, who knows what's going on? Yeah, and and like double bluffing and stuff. So that was a clever plot device I found. Yeah. Um, but again, even when it got the ending, I re- I really liked Hemsworth's performance because, I, but I wonder if he was given any notes to say, do what you want, just, just go with it, just keep your just, shirt open, just go crazy. <laughs> Do, um, you need, do I need to play this in any way? Yes. But I did, me- but I did mention the soundtrack and like, oh. Oh, it's, it's, it's oh, absolutely uh, proper. Cin- oh, I forgot her name. Cynthia Erivo? Erivo? I, I, I always pronounce it Erivo. Thank you. Uh, like, I know there's a lot of famous people in this, but she was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And every time she sang was incredible. Uh, she got Goosebumps. Some, she got some and the see, the see, John Hamm, let's say, uh, getting to know his room and doing a bit of exploring. Yeah. How long did that go on for? And <laughs> what, what was the point? Yeah... Well, it was to kind of elaborate on... That's how I thought the film was long. I thought every individual scene went on too long. The scene where Dakota Johnson is is watching Cynthia singing uh, while Jeff Bridges is also in the room. Yeah. That went on at least three times as long as it needed to. I was like, I've got it. I've got it. I get it. Now you're still going? But it was, right. it, it was longer, I think, because it was trying to build up tension. And I'm trying to be careful here because like you just... You don't want to know. You yeah. don't know if it's going to go down one of three roads, sure. basically. So they wanted to try and like drag it out a little bit to be just like, oh, is it going to go this way? Oh, is it going to go that way? No, it's going to go this way. So yeah, d- again, didn't bother me as much. As but o- as, like, overall, did you enjoy it? How many out of out of six Hemsworth abs? How 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 many would you give it? Out, okay, out of six abs, abs, four and a half. Because I give it four stars, so I guess four and a half abs. Four and a half Hemsworth abs out of six. I give it three, and if it just lost half an hour, it would have been a four. Easily a four. I would second that. Yeah. Three Hemsworth abs out of six. Uh, but they're lovely abs. I take in, I'd love to have one of those abs. I th- I feel I do. I have one giant ab. And that, but like. <laughs> Is it called it, a keg? It's called my belly. <laughs> but in 10 years' time, if you tell me. Okay, Paul. Bad times, El Royale. There's one scene that's going to stay in my head, and you know that's a memorable film. You can ask me about all the films I've seen this year. Like, you know, I don't know, name a film. Um, Apostle. Okay, I'll remember one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Pie, Chris Emsworth, Deep Purple. Yeah, you'll see it for yourself. Yeah, he uh, he does a good job. So, okay, so actually, out of five films this week, we have had. There's not one of them where I'd say genuinely, you don't need to see that. I think they're all. They're all good in their own way. Uh, I would, at the top of that list, put Rosie and Mandy. Rosie for importance and Mandy because, oh my God, you guys, <laughs> it's crazy. But they're fun. There's fun stuff in all the other ones. Oh yeah, there's there's yeah. nothing there that, that really needs to uh, be missed. So that's a decent week at the cinema. That's very yeah. good. Considering and we didn't be... even review Smallfoot, which is also at this yeah. weekend. But we just don't, we, we, just, we, have, we have lives. There's three people. We have things to do. There's a limited amount of errors in these days. I, there's a lot of time I spend in my day sitting in the dark and I need to do that to myself for my peace of mind. <laughs> cool. Just counting the errors till I see you, that's, Rory. That's How you cool. doing, Rory? Okay, great. I'm really comfortable about that. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the review section of the show done. Next, Olivia. 
Oh, it's Congratulations, time? it is time for Yay. the competition high clue. Well, basically, I was so fed up with not being able to get most of them that mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write my own. That's essentially what we are. You're a perfect do. replacement that's for what, own. If you can't get high clues, here. you're perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I actually find that he probably gets he gets them a lot more than I'm getting them. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. You'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be shocked, actually. Uh, okay. So it's all edited to make it sound like he's getting them a lot quicker than he is, is it? Yeah, he's he gets a lot of hints when the clips are being played. <gasps> That's a, that's a little inside uh, scoop for you listeners there. Well, for anyone who heard the last time I was on the show, I got no hints. And then it was literally only when Paul started going through each of the one, I just went, feck. It literally just came to me right then. So, Well, if you need a hint for this one, you let me know. <laughs> so. I really hope I don't need a hint for this one. <laughs> All right, everybody. Pens at the ready. Suited and booted. Suited. Suited and, and booted. Yeah. Ragnarok. Takes them over. Mm-hmm. I'm actually counting the syllables yeah, as yeah. you were repeating it back oh, to me. You won't remember. Won't remember. So I'll give that, that to you again. That is 575. Yeah. Suited and booted. Ragnarok takes them over. You won't remember. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, and you I'll, can it's text not, your answer to 37, our number. 47. 47. 47 sorry, <laughs> uh, or tweet it. At Big Rebuski. Um That is our competition high clue for this week. Uh, first ever time to have a guest on to give the competition high clue. So we'll see. Woo-hoo. We'll see if it's too easy or too hard or uh, what's the middle? Too mediocre. Jesus. Mm. Right. That is that's <laughs> the middle ground. You ask a legitimate question. Stale. Forget it. Okay, let's, take, let's take just move ten on. minutes would have been average. Middle ground. <laughs> normal. Okay, okay, Whatever. guys. We're all friends here. It's fine. We're nearly we're nearly done. Okay, uh, Paul, you're up next. You've got to tell us what we need to well, like. I don't understand. Like, we've recommended five films to yeah. see the cinema, but if in between your five trips to the cinema, you if, want to stay uh, home and watch if a Storm film, Callum comes and like yeah, lifts, up your, lifts up your cinema and like and throws it somewhere else. Okay, let's go ahead and that doesn't happen. But, uh, <laughs> what you got for us? We've got another Chris. Uh, we've got another Jeff Bridges. Another Chris. Ooh. Another Chris and Jeff Bridges. Pine. Yes. That's all I have. It's uh, Hell or High Water, <gasps> which I thought was a massively Amazing. underrated film that not everyone has seen, but anyone who has seen it really loved it. And I think we're surprised by how good it was. Wasn't mm. it nominated for Best Picture? Uh, I think it was, yeah. but I'm not, I, I still, a lot of people still, I don't think, would say it in like pop culture conversation mm. stuff. But Chris Pine, I don't think has been better in a film. Mm. It's probably my favorite performance of his. Yes. Mm. And with Ben Foster, who's always oh, good. Always great. He's, always just, great. he's pretty good in everything. Uh, Taylor Sheridan wrote the script, I think, or did he direct it? He no, he just he only wrote it. It was uh, David's. Uh, basically, Taylor Sheridan's the guy who wrote Sicario, and he did Wind River, which are also yeah. very good thrillers. Yeah, it's it's just a very good modern western of two brothers who are bank robbers uh, who go around Texas, and Jeff Bridges is the grizzled law enforcement agent who has to pursue them. Uh, it's just a very very good character drama that builds and builds to a fantastic final scene in the mountains uh, really well acted really well shot and yeah just an old school western with a modern twist and uh, that is on film 4 on Monday the 15th and it's at 9 o'clock and if you haven't seen it I strongly urge you to watch it because I think you'll really like it Mackenzie there you go <laughs> <laughs> he directed Start Up an amazing uh, prison movie oh Jack O'Connell Jack O'Connell yeah. uh, that was the other thing of his that I've seen so yeah uh, um, if, you're, if you're not a Hemsworthian you can be a Pineian I, you, you should be both though you just like all Chris's yeah who won that poll you put out um, you already did a poll on the Joe Twitter account the for the, the best Chris yeah. oh, I think Hemsworth I didn't think I see that I didn't I think, see that I think Hemsworth Pine came dead last anyway <gasps> which was shocking like by a wide margin as well Really? So uh, people, I think people just aren't aware of how good an actor he is, because uh, it was Pine, Pratt, Hemsworth, you, and Evans. Are you sure people were judging by acting ability? I had it. I had a pretty like I was like acting ability, uh, likability, and just you know, hotness. Sex, sex appeal, which is fine. Like they're all really handsome men. I'm totally yeah. happy Delighted that, that they're doing well. <laughs> Delighted for them. I'm happy that they look great. They're all and rich. All have money. Yeah, we're big fans of those oh, people, aren't we? Yeah, talent. And money. I'm so proud. Change yeah. my name to Chris immediately. After it, seems, <laughs> it seems to be a shorthand for just doing well in life is just yeah. having your name be Chris. Uh, so yeah, if you uh, have never seen Hell or High Water, or even if you have, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. I will probably watch it again. Uh, do check that out. What time and place it's, uh, again? Nine o'clock Monday. Film four. Fantastic. Okay, so I think 
Unless I'm forgetting something. I think <gasps> that's know. it. Yeah. That flew by. Yeah. yeah. That flew by. Brilliant. That's how much we had to talk about. Well. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, next week? Right. All right. Next anyway, week. Mm-hmm. This is the part we always fall down. We do a great show we'll and then we just show forget, we forget how to end. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we don't know how to end it much like Drew Goddard. But I'm going to try and do it. I was going to say Steven Spielberg in the post, but okay. Yikes. Take that, Spielberg. <laughs> uh, okay, so next week's big release is Halloween. Ooh. Now, we've been looking forward to seeing Halloween for quite a while now. I've heard amazing things about it. But I'm not sure uh, either of us are going to get to see it before next week's <laughs> show because uh, just again little insight they put on like they put on shows for press before the film comes out so we can do this so yeah. we can review it but the the show it, the showing of Halloween just, it, it it's timed so poorly with our individual lives <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not sure we're going to get to review it so I'm not sure how we will do it we will find a way to make it work but that is next week's big release because it's out in cinemas Next, next Friday yeah. uh, and outside of that there's uh, also a big TV release I'm, I'm, he's getting there he's getting can there. I I'm helping you my <laughs> team I'm, I'm setting you up you've got it now go on making a murder we have the people behind making a murder the directors on next week are you happy now it's a show <laughs> people watched it people talked about it making a murderer you um, heard about it Never I, heard. I have. Yeah. I have. I've heard about it. It's uh, it's on that Netflix. That's it. Yep. Yes. Like all those kids be watching that stuff. Uh, and you're you're speaking to the uh, Laura Cardi and Moira Demoy. Yeah. So uh, that would be great. That'd be really yeah. interesting. We're not jealous at all. No, not sure. I'm really no, happy. No one should ever be jealous of me or my life. I'm happy that Paul, Chris, Moore over here is doing so well. He's changing name to Chris. <laughs> good things happen. Immediately set up with interviews from making uh, making a murder. So that's all on next week's fortieth. Anniversary. Will there be uh, cake? Uh, only if someone else brings it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna do short straw. Uh, who wants to? Do bring I have to bring cake? If I bring cake, will I bring a Ferrari? <laughs> oh, this, oh this, <laughs> into the mic. this joke doesn't work uh, on the podcast. But myself and Olivia, have <laughs> guys, they, they all just touch their nose and face. just oh, so I have to bring cake next You've week. You've got to bring cake next week. Uh, so Olivia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a. You know, I always like to come in and talk about Chris Hemsworth. We, fair. Sorry, Seb. Fair. <laughs> I'm sure he'll understand. Uh, so that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Take it easy. Bye. See you. It's a podcast. <laughs>